Now, back to Whiteley. You know what's going to happen. He's won 95, Maxwell. A six to bring up 200 and win the game. Everybody here's on their feet. And Maxwell hits it. Beautiful, Smithy. Beautiful. The Glenn Maxwell double century winning runs last night. Our McCafe coffee catch-up each Thursday, 30 Days, 30 Deals, is back at Macca's. Comes with a tinge of nostalgia, the idea of knowing your history, but a pure sense of love of sports. That's where Shannon Gill fits in. Hello to you, Shannon. G'day, Jared. How you I, doing? I did think of you yesterday, but at what point did you get to take it in? Well, I I was watching when when Maxwell came in, but falling asleep on the couch. So then I I woke up in the morning, very keen to see what had happened, and I had assumed that Australia had lost. Woke up in the morning and just saw some random sort of text messages that alluded to the fact that Australia had won. But um, I was I'm. And my home internet and my phone <laughs> happened to be with a telecommunications company that didn't have a good day yesterday, so it was a it was a throwback. This was like like pre internet and pre pay TV trying to follow sport from overseas. Is that I was hanging for trying to get some highlights on the news, and that's about it <laughs> for me in the morning. Until I actually had a day off yesterday, so I ended up driving across town to my parents' house. So, because they, because their internet was was up and running, they aren't with that telecommunications company, and watched it there. So I did drive across town to watch the Glenn Maxwell innings. And was it worth it? Oh, I well, as soon as I watched it the first time, what did I do? Watched it again. Watched it again. So it was well and truly worth it. And everything you said yesterday morning that was giving me a, a bit of a picture in my head. Um, it was all that and more. And, and as I said to someone, um, this morning, actually, the, the stats alone do not convey anything about that innings, even though the stats alone are very, very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so we're both Maxwell people. Yeah. We sort of have the imagination and the patience for it. You have, you've had to be patient with Maxwell. You do. And prepare to ride the eye rolling to get the eye popping. That's part of it. So it's been a beautiful journey on that front. And it was like the the payoff and the payoff was immense. Yeah. And this might be, this feels like it's going to be the signature moment of his career that in 20 years time, when people talk about Glenn Maxwell, this will be the thing. But as, as you've talked about all morning, the, you can't help but think about what might've been. And we've been having this same conversation for 10 years, really, haven't we? And I, I remember I I wrote something and I had to think of when it was, and it was actually the 2015 world cup. So this is eight years ago. I wrote something about the fact that if Glenn Max was playing test cricket and he comes in at four for 40 on a seeming deck, as opposed to the other number six that comes in at four for 40. Now, if Glenn Maxwell plays a reverse sweep and goes out, we all say, what the hell is he doing? Should never play again. If the conventional number six comes out and sort of limply pushes forward and gets a nick, we say, well, that's good bowling. The same, it's the same result. 
it's we've got to we have got to change the way we interpret what happens on a cricket field. If he plays that reverse sweep and it goes for four, hey, that could change the the, the tide of a game. But eight years on, we're still having the same conversation. So he's the ultimate bad ball cricketer ahead of time and in a regime that that would never have contemplated it. Well, I I, I think we might have talked about this during the Ashes. We said would Glenn Maxwell. <laughs> Play cricket for England under the baseball regime, and it's de- it's definite. I mean, look, the fantasy is that maybe somehow this just pushes things over the edge, and he is given a couple of tests somewhere in the in the next couple of years. I don't think it's going to happen. No. Um, and but maybe there's a you know there's a bigger picture thing here. Does Glenn Maxwell the fact that Glenn Maxwell didn't play much test cricket? Does that actually make him a larger figure than, than what he might have been if he had played more test cricket? So it makes him such an intriguing figure mm. to try to fit anywhere. Like, so how, where will he ever fit? Well, that, and that's the thing. I, I'm thinking of what Australian cricketer has played as little test cricket as Glenn Maxwell, but has had a bigger impact on fans and the way the game is played. I'm... I've got Michael Bevan in that conversation as in that, you know, and he, but he was a guy that was given a lot of test chances and it, it just didn't work out for him. But one day cricket was a, was a maestro. Simon O'Donnell played a lot of good one day cricket, but over a very short period of time compared to Glenn Maxwell, this guy's impact on cricket and the way cricket will be played uh, in the future by generations. He's going to have that effect that, not many others will have, and he's barely played a test match. Yeah. What other innings came to mind when you were trying to play? So I think one of the best parts of sport, I don't, I don't know why people worry, people go, oh, we shouldn't compare. Of course you should. All of sport is Always. a comparison and finding an order. That's the whole point of playing sport. And I love the, so the real time, how it made you feel, mm-hmm. and then trying to instantly place it with other stuff that you've seen or that you know of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think initially when, when you start to think and say, this could be the best, you have to think, what was my, what was the last thing that I thought was the best? And I, for me, I probably go with Ricky Ponting's 140 in the 2003 world cup. That that was to me in the final, in the, in the world cup final, that that was, as good as batting could be. But I, I, I think there's about seven in the conversation and I think they all relate to matches that were either part of world cups, which were really important or matches that were played in the old world series cup, which had our attention. So I've got, um, the Michael Bevan four off the, the final ball on New Year's day in Sydney against the West Indies in 96. I've got, uh, back to that Ricky Ponting world cup, Andrew Simons made 143 in that World Cup in the first match, which was a, you know, a, a, an ordinary situation and a guy whose career had was sputtering at best. Um, that made his career. Adam Gilchrist's 2007 World Cup. Remember when he put the squash ball in his glove and decided to hit the ball as much as he could, which he did most times anyway, yep. and, and made a huge score. And I've even got um, a bit of an old favourite. Uh, Dean Jones made 145 which off 136 balls, which sounds kind of almost lame in this, in this era at the Gabba um, against England uh, uh, in 1990, which was uh, at the time 
seemed like, oh, what can can batting get any better than this? Yep. And it was the highest one day score for Australia. All those sorts of things. Those, those are the sort of innings that I'm thinking of. Um, but criteria wise, I you had a bit of a stab at it earlier. Yeah. So you? Brett, we got emails and we got texts, and Brett's just sent this. Shannon. Why don't you apply the best ever grand finals formula to the greatest ever cricket innings? And this, so this is you're yep. right with us. This is our beat. That so th- there's certain and there's certain elements that that, are, that work as well. So historical importance matters. Yeah. So let's so, workshop a list, shall yeah. we? So size matters. So the yep. raw score score matters has yep. to be big. Mm. How many did Bevan make in that West so Indies game? Bevan only made seventy eight. See this. So the the oh, raw number has yeah. to be one of the categories. Yeah. So I think that's obviously that obviously gets marked down, and this is where Maxwell's is is so high. It's, even in and but all, for a lot of these sort of innings at the time, they were the biggest. Yep. So, so yeah, so I think, yeah, raw numbers is, is a definite thing. Re- records broken, clearly. Yes, yes. And did you see, it was, I think it was Ben Horn's list. The number of records that are broken in this innings it's, is preposterous. Yeah. Um, and then, it, so there has to be the subjective style points. Style, and style points is, is, it doesn't matter. And a Glenn Maxwell innings of 12 is probably still going to get 10 on style <laughs> points, isn't it? Like that's, that's a given. He's playing shots that no one else can play. He's playing shots that he invented on the run. Yep. Um, which these other guys did that to a degree, but never to the same degree that Maxwell has done. So circumstances of the match. So this is where Bevan would, he would be a 10 10. and so would Maxwell. Yeah. Um, a lost cause. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we're, 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 yeah, where they were in a match and, and, and what the, what the innings did for the match, you know, what sort of solo turn it was really. And, and then I think you've got, you know, uh, the stakes, the stakes of the game. So, you know, a world cup final, yes, the stakes are higher. Than, so Ricky Ponting's is a 10. Yeah, he wins the world cup he, he with wins that the innings. World cup. Adam Gilchrist in the world cup, similar sort of story. So Maxwell's probably an eight. It's the game to yeah. make sure you qualify for yeah. a semi. It's it's not it's not a it's not a a game that doesn't matter, is it? It's so so yeah. He's he's scoring pretty well here, and then I think that we can use the same the same one historical importance, or or a different a slightly different one rewatchability. Oh, rewatchability, that's it. So rewatchability is. Can you just watch this, the, the highlights of this innings over and over yeah. and over? Now, most of these ones that I've looked at, yeah, you can. Yep. So they, they all score pretty well. But I don't know I don't know if any would score higher than what Maxwell's yep. has. And then there has to, I think there should be a drama or theatrics. Yes. Or, so the fact that he's cramping and flopping on the ground as opposed to just clinically not. So Ricky Ponting just clinically not. Yeah. I'll never forget that innings. I was covering it. I had to do the overnight package for mm. 10 the next day. And you go, well, how many of these shots are we going to be able to put in? It's the most glorious innings. There was no, it was dead clinical. No yeah. drama to it. Yeah. Hiss went, oh, I'm just winning this World Cup. Yeah. And that and that was. And Bevan maxes out for drama because it's yeah. the last ball. And yeah. It's New Year's night and the whole country's watching. Yeah, and 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 those things, those things, those things really matter. Yeah, <laughs> people will tell you it doesn't matter. No, it does matter. It does matter how we watch it. So yes, New Year's Day, 
that is, that's, you've got a nation watching. Yeah. So it, so in some ways, the fact that we weren't all watching it at 3am is, that might get marked down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. So, but but it's covered by the fact that he's got full body cramps and he's doing the Dean Jones. And it's, and it's well, and I was even thinking, I mean, the, I've, I've got a Dean Jones innings in here, but then you think about the Dean Jones Madras innings and bear in mind, I think different circumstances and maybe, maybe Maxwell was in better physical condition than Dino was yes. back then, but there's Maxwell's innings is almost, I've looked at it and thought it's actually little bits of all of the best. He's paying a homage. He's remixing the best <laughs> yeah, yeah. and putting them all into his own little thing, yeah. which is kind of the Maxwell, the Maxwell, um, you know, career yeah. in a lot of ways. And I love the fact that like he could have been out four times before he's 40. Yeah. And that, that will enhance the whole yep. thing as a- it goes along. A- and that's a Maxwell innings because yeah. you yeah. can be out in ways yeah. that frustrate. All right. So that, at some stage in, in rainy days, that's yes. going to be a, that, that's, it's a great idea. And those who have emailed through and text that we're thinking the same thing. And Maxwell's going to score high, and I reckon as the years go on, it'll be even higher. Because well, opposition, you'd right now he would get marked down, but yeah. I think in four years' time, once Afghanistan are fully fledged with most of this team, we won't be marking them Absolutely. down. Absolutely, and if you watch that in real time, they were they were, they were bowling as well as anyone in this World Cup. Yeah. All right, our real stuff was World Cup semi-finals, and we will get there. Here's Nathan in the newsroom. Nathan, thank you. Can you just give us the raw numbers yeah. on the Bevan innings because I think. Um, yeah, it just gives the raw numbers. Yeah, so Australia were chasing 173. It was a rain-shortened game, so I think it was a 43-over game, and had slumped to be six for 38 at one stage. Yep. Then then it was seven for 74. So there was a little bit of a recovery, and then him and Paul Rifle actually were the ones that that made the bulk of the runs towards towards the end. Yeah. So style points, he's not getting 78 from 88 with six boundaries. No. He's not getting any style points. It's just, he gets the climax points. Yes. And, um, uh, correspondent points out, Bevan wasn't even the man of the match in that game. No, Paul Rifle got Rifle it with 34 was. and four for 29. Yes. Yes. That's, which is kind of given that that vision is just lives on yeah. in memory and everyone remembers it. Uh, it's, it's kind of weird that he it wasn't even best so on only, your rewatchability is you only want to see the last ball because the second last ball, second last ball, he he tries to do the same thing and but it, it just goes back to Roger Harper bowling and uh, it's a dot and it goes from thinking well okay if we get two here we only need two off the last ball that's what put them in put them in the situation of needing a boundary from the final ball. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, we've gone down a rabbit hole there. It's World Cup semi-finals because that's the phase we'll be in. We'll we'll have finished them by the time we sit together. Mm. next Thursday. So we'll recount some of that with Shannon Gill. Know your history next. This is Waitley for the all-new Hyundai Kona, imagined to be bold. Morris Finance, skip the life admin with Morris Personal and Host Plus. Now, back to Waitley. Bit of know your history as we reach the finals stages of the World Cup. So the last of the pool games on the weekend, Tuesday, Wednesday night. And the final the following Sunday. So Shannon Gill, World Cup semis are footies prelims? Footies prelims, yes. I see them as footies prelims. In a cricket sense, it's the most footy prelim kind of thing. Who's dominated semifinals? So played it, who's played in the most semifinals? Australia eight, New Zealand eight. Wow. As well, which just shows 
you know, how competitive New Zealand have been over the years. This is not just a recent thing that they've they've managed to to lift themselves in tournaments. They do it every year, in uh, every time. India seven, then we go down to Pakistan, England on six, and it sort of falls away from there. Most curious team to qualify so far, Kenya, Kenya, two thousand and three. Which is a sad story, Kenya, because their cricket has just dropped off the radar completely. But they, that in that um, tournament, they they had a few decent wins over some lower sides. But they were also um, they benefited from New Zealand forfeited a game that was going to be played in Kenya because of security reasons. Right. So they got an extra win there, and there was a few other upsets along the way, which then opens the door, and they made the semi-finals and oh. played India in the semi-final. Um. And then the curiosity of the semi-final. So when John T. Rhodes was part of our uh, broadcast team in the last summer, we went to the SCG and the story that most readily comes to mind is a World Cup semi-final. Oh, there is this iconic photo where the SCG scoreboard says South Africa need 22 runs off one ball. The story behind it is that they actually needed uh, 22 off 13 balls with, so, you know, a Tough task, but gettable. Probably tougher back then than it is now. And then it rained. And the rain rule, which was only a new rain rule at the time, which sounds ridiculous now, this is pre the, the Duckworth-Lewis method, was that they simply they simply got rid of the least productive overs of the team batting first. Two so, maidens. So two maidens. And then they came back on and needed 22 runs off one ball, which, you know, they did feel quite cheated out of it all. all. Rightly. And that was their, that was their comeback to international cricket, basically. Um, so they were sort of the sentimental favorites in a lot of ways and they'd had a great run and who knows if they had have got through, but that, that is one of those memories. And unfortunately for South Africa, it's not the only, it's not the only semi-final disaster. No, they have history at this time, which is why uh, to trust them is a, mm. it's a leap of faith. And it's something that the team will have to overcome because it has repeated on them through the years. Yeah. All right. Best semifinals at a World Cup. Best semifinals. I've got three um, in number three spot. This is not, might not be remembered. 1992, which was the World Cup that was in Australia when Pakistan won the World Cup against England in the final. But in the semifinal, New Zealand had been were the raging hot favourites at that point. They'd gone through the tournament beating everyone and they hosted a home semi-final against Pakistan of which they looked home and hose most of the time. And then a, a baby Inzamam al-Haq comes in and scores. And I, I haven't got the stats in front of me, but it was something to the extent of 60 off 35 or something like that, 37. And they, Pakistan win really e easily in the finish um, and sort of steal that semi-final and then go on to win the final. Um, you know, at the MCG a few days later. All right. So that's so baby Inzi. Baby Inzi. Number two, 1996, the Mohali miracle, not the Mohali um, homework saga, <laughs> which was the Mohali disaster later on. West Indies in Australia. This is a semifinal that's a little bit forgotten because Australia lost the final. Yep. West Indies cruising, low total, uh, cruising to victory, need about 50, 50 runs. And I've only lost two wickets, then a couple of wickets fall, then a couple of wickets fall. And they, Western is completely panicked. Warren takes two or three. I think he ends up with four for the match. Uh, McGrath does his thing. 
SEN's own Damien Fleming comes on to bowl the last over and gets the, the, the last wicket, bowls Courtney Walsh, and the West Indies just completely fallen a heap from, from having a, a game in their safekeeping. And Richie Richardson's still batting at the other end on sort of 50 not out and doesn't even get to face a ball in the, in the final part of it. So that is a great semi-final that was completely out of the blue, one of Warren's finest moments that's not spoken about as much, but because Australia lose the, the, yeah. the, uh, the final um, later on. And we will all know what the standout semi-final is and it doesn't, it's not even parochial. We, we don't need to say it. It, it has been, it's been called the greatest ODI of, of ever. Now, since then, I think there's been a few, the, the 2019 final has been put into the conversation, but the semi-final in 1999, Australia, South Africa, the famous finish, which was actually a tie. We sometimes forget that yeah. it was a tie <laughs> and that Australia got through because of other factors like net run rate, etc. But because of it was a it was a tie and got through the famous last moments when Lance Klusner hits the ball to to um, down the ground and there's the underarm and Damien Fleming went ten pin bowling the days before and decided to underarm the ball and roll the ball along the ground around to Adam Gilchrist. We've heard that story before yes. and we will hear it again. But that is a game that was again looked completely out of reach of Australia. And it was, it was turned on its head by a, a spell from Shane Warne. So for all, for all the test match greatness of Shane Warne, we saw a lot of it in one day cricket too. And that was a, a game where, um, you know, Herschel Gibbs had come out firing, Gary Kirsten was batting well, and then Warne turned the game and, and by, you know, almost his force of personality turned the game. There's a, uh, talk to a few people about this for a, a podcast episode we did that was purely based on this game uh, some years ago and all the players talked about the fact that after the you know Warren takes an initial wicket and, and they get in a huddle and Warren was carrying on like it was a footy match that yeah. was that was the sort of that he was he was trying it was like he was in the in the change rooms before a grand final of football that he was sort of boisterous and talking and yelling and screaming like that and that was one of those things that, that not saying that lifted them, but it, it certainly changed the, the whole feeling around the game. Yeah. South Africa's chase of 213. They were four for 145. Warren takes four for 29. And it's not the last ball. Is This is Alan Donald mm. just loses his bearings. And there's still two more balls for Kluzner to get it done. And Alan Donald's hearing off. Oh, mate, that if, if pressure, that's preliminary final pressure. <laughs> Preliminary final integrity, <laughs> integrity. Alan Donald had none well, with a bat. The semi-final integrity. You might need to get Kingy on for this. <laughs> All right. So the the three great semi-finals: ninety-two in Zamam Al-Haq, ninety-six Australia's miracle at Mahali, and ninety-nine the tie between South Africa and Australia. Enjoy these semi-finals, Shannon. I'll Will see do. you next Thursday. Catch you then, Shannon Gill. Know your history. Our McCafe Coffee Chats, barista-made, ice cold drive-through for your iced coffee favourites at McCafe.